you need to focus on what you love. Like get everything else nailed down and, and do the things that give you energy because you can't just be a coach and have this amazing business and you can't just be a yeah. great business owner and have this main, amazing gym. Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I'm your host, Scott Ramage, and today I have with me Jason Skisik. He is a Army veteran. He owned Bucktown CrossFit in Chicago for 12 years. He works as a strategic coach with entrepreneurs, and he is the host of the Spear and Clover podcast. This is going to be a pretty awesome conversation. And uh, but, but before we get there, I've got to talk about our event, the big event, Montana, coming up in September. It's on this uh, 9-11 weekend. We're going to culminate with a 9-11 uh, charity rock, so we're going to earn some money for a kick-ass charity. But we're going to roll jiu-jitsu. We're going to shoot guns. We're going to have big bonfires right on the lake in Montana. We're going to have some really killer uh, people come talk to us. Rob Wolf's going to come talk about small business and entrepreneurship. Uh, or And now he's kind of running into big business. We're going to have Jason uh, Piccolo, who uh, is a whistleblower uh, in the Obama organization or years, kind of come talk to us. And uh, it's it's lining up to be a killer show. So Check that out at brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash events. And there's no oven there. So it's brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash events. Man, welcome to the show, Jason. How are you? Man, I'm excited. And I got to tell you, I'm salivating over this event, man. We're going to have to talk about that after the show. That sounds like right up my alley. Yeah. We built it around what we want to do. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I yeah, love it. Uh, it's it's really cool. My friend um, Alex Jowdy lives up in... Um, in Montana. He's been there a few years and he's, he's become, he's in this really great jujitsu community. And so he has uh, Rob Wolf. He's got um, Andy Stump. He rolls with all these, these like big players in kind of the, in, in kind of different elements. And so he's like, we should do an event. We should do it here because I have access to all these people. And, yeah. and his facility is incredible. His coaches are incredible. So it's going to be fun. So we will talk about that. Um, yeah. That's but, so w let's just start with the obvious, if you're watching film, folks, you'll see that uh, that Jason has a black eye. <laughs> so I gotta ask, what's, what's that all about? You know, uh, so as as you know, you're gonna hear throughout this whole podcast. There's a lot of crossover between your interests and mine. Uh, so I rolled jujitsu at Miguel Torres's gym, who's a former WEC and Strike Force champion. who's also in the UFC, fought Demetrius Johnson, kind of one of the real pioneers of, of MMA. So I always looked up to him. And uh, when I moved to um, Northwest Indiana, we, you know, kind of engineering our life, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, when we moved to the Indiana Dunes, his his gym is is right near my house. So I, I roll with a group of guys there. I'm a white belt. I spent the last, you know, 15 years doing CrossFit and, and really just kind of got into uh, BJJ over the last few years. But uh, I love it. Uh, and I was rolling with actually a really gentle, kind of moderately built black belt who's like super graceful and like, you know, the gentle is the right word, you know, kind of just yeah. responsive and just letting me you know, do my goofy bear cub moves on him and choking me out slowly. 
And uh, we got into a leg lock exchange, and uh, and he just flipped the heel over, and I have this big Cro-Magnon man eyebrow ridge. <laughs> so anytime you get it, it, it kind of pinches and, and gets a nice little black eye there. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. You can walk around like, yeah, I'm not afraid to get in a fight. <laughs> you know, to me, honestly, I, it's, it's, it's that, that's part of it. But I think to me, it's like, uh, my friend, uh, coach Robin Lalonde, who's an excellent endurance coach out of Chicago. Um, shout out to Robin. Uh, she always says, um, it's, uh, these, we have these sweat bonds with people in this collective elective suffering. So collective elective suffering is the best way to describe. It's not just CrossFit. It's not jujitsu. It's not ruck marching. It's not, you know, camp hunting or, you know, hiking in the mountains and hunting. It's, it's kind of this thing where we all choose to get together and work really hard. Uh, and ever since sports and, and being in the army, I think that's the thing. That's the dragon's tail I've been chasing. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And see, I wasn't in the army. My business partner was in the army, served in Iraq. And I, it's so funny because the circle I run in, I'm like the outlier. And so I do, I feel a bit like a, a little bit of a wannabe, like a, like this guy, like it's those, it's those things that I just want to engage in. I shot guns growing up. I, I lived in the Pacific Northwest of, literally able to drive five minutes from home and shoot whatever caliber I wanted. But yeah. um, I've kind of always had that outdoor adventure, go get it. But I just didn't do the military. So it's always uh, cool to talk to guys that are. And I've noticed yeah. that my circle is that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the one thing I haven't done yet. And so my marker is like, I'm, I live in the Dallas area. There's ridiculous amounts of choices. I did a search that was like, five miles and I had like three mm. pop up. I'm like, Oh, come on. Like, how am I going to pick from that? And so I'm like a little intimidated. I wrestled as a kid. It kind of just falls natural for me. I've got a short stocky build. This yeah. is probably gonna be right up my alley. And, um, I love lifting weights. Like, and I yeah. stone a CrossFit gym. We have a lot in common, but, uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the, uh, the event. So I'm like, okay, I know this is a stellar place. I know it has incredible yeah. people and there. And so my idea was, Hey, we're going to have uh, BJJ, but there's going to be instruction from very first time so people can come get involved. And then I got some black belts coming. Mm -hmm. and so there's going to be something for everyone. So I'm really, that's going to be my dive into it. I know I'm going to come home and I'm going to be going to everyone around me and deciding which one I yeah. want to go to. Cause I think oh, that's going to be great. I, yeah. I, I envy that experience, man. But I'll just jump out and say like, uh, first of all, I, I know a ton of guys like you that, that you shouldn't feel bad about not serving when you were young. I think that's all circumstantial. I went because I had to, I had no choice. I had all the passion in the world, all the drive for the things that I cared about, which I'm sure we'll tap into, but I had absolutely no fucking discipline. Yeah. And so by going into the military, I was able to sort of harness that. Uh, but I can tell you right now, you know, um, somebody I respect a ton is Tim Kennedy. And uh, Tim Kennedy has something called the Sheepdog Response Course. Uh, and actually, my best friend, who was, I met in the Army, Garnett, uh, he, he and I, from my bachelor party, went to the Sheepdog Response Course. Uh, and we're both vets, but there were a ton of folks there that weren't. And I feel like a lot of times there's this thing where you're like, oh, I really wish I would have. Well, you're doing it now, man. Like you're like something like the sheepdog response course or doing an event like yours. You know, you're putting yourself in a position where you can be of assistance to others, where you can, you know, step in and help people that need your help. Um, you know, the concept of, you know, this is Tim's thing, but the concept of sheepdog is, you know, there's wolves that are out to get the sheep. And then there's the sheepdogs that kind of hold the line to hold that, uh, to hold that, those people safe. And uh, I think, you know, kudos to you for living it. Cause I know a lot of people that did serve in the military and they're not doing anything with their lives now. And, and, and that's, that's unfortunate and, and, and certainly would love to help as many of them as I can. Uh, but you know, 
I don't know. I, I, I have, I have props for people that are continuing to, you know, exhibit discipline further into life. Oh man. Like I, you have to continue growing. You have yeah. to, you have to face those challenges. You, it must've been, you told me about the sheepdog. I knew about Tim Kinn yeah. I knew that he did things. And then you brought that up and it, I laughed when you brought it up because it's on my browser. I won't let it go. It's sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I looked at every single course. I'm like, I've mapped out the entire thing. And Bro, I'll go with you. Course. I don't care. Dude, <laughs> sign up. Insane. And my wife, I've told my wife, yeah. it's like this one course, it's only $700. And she's looking at me like, and she, she, to shoot guns. I'm like, yes. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. So Bullshit. It's to yeah. shoot guns with world champions and pure, oh, like the, the absolute best. I don't want to say killers in the world, but the absolute no. best, you know, uh, military people in the world. I'm telling you, man, I met that group and I was humbled and also super proud of like who you hope is the guardians at the gate. That's who these guys were. And it was just so inspiring. And and I think, um, I, I think everybody should, should be exposed to something like it. And so kind of what you're doing is, is a, is a version of that. And I, I think that's so important for people for sure. This episode is brought to you by the men of alpha hippie. Alpha Hippie is the premier men's coaching company, helping the men of Brotherhood of Fatherhood step up and be the change they want for themselves and their families. Alpha Hippie is for any man who feels like he's struggling to take action in his life or like he's burned a few too many bridges on his rise to the top. If you're the type of guy who spends all his time reading self-help books, trying to meditate, or consuming endless self-improvement YouTube videos, but nothing is quite landing like you think it should, then Alpha Hippie is for you. If you feel stressed, depressed, stuck, lost, or like you're not living up to your full potential, then Alpha Hippie is the answer for you. In the Alpha Hippie program, you will destroy your limiting beliefs, regain control of your life, and start to live with inspiration and motivation. Alpha Hippie is not one of those sign up and forget about it programs. We all know about those. It's not just watching a bunch of videos from a 20-year-old life coach. It's a program built by men for men who are ready to make a change and delivered by men who've gone through this themselves. That is very important. We have lived in the trenches and understand what it takes to rise up and craft a life worth living. If you're ready to stop making excuses and invest for yourself, then head over to brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash alpha. Again, that's www.brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash alpha. Sure. Well, um, Alex, the guy that I'm doing this big event with, uh, he, he has a podcast called cornerstone of America and he's like, Oh, I know this guy that can run the, 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 the tactical shooting and he can do this. So I, I hop on the phone with this guy last week. He's like, I just got back from, um, I just got back from the Ukraine. So what wow. he does is really interesting because he, he served of course, but mm-hmm. what he does is he does the whole, um, security the entire like you know aware situational awareness but he goes Mm -hmm. around the world and actually trains people to actually serve in the missionary areas because they're they go in they're just yeah (laughs) like just kind of dumb and they go into these really dangerous areas and his whole his whole thing is to to train people to go with them that can help protect and de-escalate and do all the things that are necessary and then he runs this whole really long um, camp for the same type of th- stuff up in Montana. So I was talking with him. He's going to make it a blast and uh, really serve from beginner to uh, advance like you. So man, 
you're doing all sorts of cool things. You've been across. Do you still own your CrossFit gym or do you sell it? Yeah. So, uh, so we started, uh, it was, it was Chicago elite fitness at the time we, we opened in 20, 2010 with, uh, with two other veteran guys. Uh, two of us were in school for finance at DePaul and we were like, you know what? We're, we're going to be titans of industry. We're going to go into finance. We're going to be bankers and make millions of dollars. Let's just start this little CrossFit gym. Cause we didn't want to pay the, the 215 bucks that the, the local big dogs were charging. And so we started it and it was kind of a muse. Uh, for a little while, I ended up graduating and, and getting a job at the biggest bank in the world and had, you know, one of the best starting jobs you can have as an analyst in that organization. And uh, I found that I was sitting there working on multi-million dollar deals. And all I really wanted to do was model my $8,000 a month CrossFit gym. And, and I, I, I just, I'll never forget it. I was, I was wasting my time, not, not wasting my time, but like wasting my, they're, they're paying me to basically model my, my tiny little CrossFit gym. Uh, and then there's another moment where I remember it vividly, the specific meeting, but this happened often where I'd be sitting in a, in a meeting with a, with a big organization, like with a big deal, you know, a hundred million dollar deal or something. And it'd be me, my boss, my boss's boss, my boss's boss's boss, and the entrepreneur, the guy that owned the business. And the only guy I could see eye to eye with there was the entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so at a certain point, I just realized that I don't even want my boss's 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 boss. I don't even want his life. He gets up earlier than me. He gets in his car. He drives in. He's there longer than me. He's got more stress and he makes a, a good amount of money. But the money is is useless at that point. Right. Uh, and so it was at that point where I started to take steps uh, towards being an entrepreneur. Um, and then eventually, you know, kind of in a circuitous way, um, went to a mastermind for for gym owners. It was called Barbell Mastermind. Shout out yeah. to the Barbell Shrug folks. Oh, yeah. um, and just that, that I was like, these are my people. These are my people. And so ever since then, I've been a member of either a mastermind or some sort of a collective of other entrepreneurs, primarily in fitness. Um, and, and I can just, I've never gotten on a call with an entrepreneur and gotten off with less energy than when I started, if that I makes sense. I feel the exact same way. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an incredible energy. And, um, you know, the Brotherhood, there's quite a few men who ask or inquire about starting a business and what do I do? And, you know, a lot of times it's just encouragement and, and, but the, but that community of people, when you get into the right one where ego comes, it comes out of it a little bit and there's just a lot of knowledge sharing and, and abundance minded, it's, it, you're, you become unstoppable. I mean, it really is the, the key that helps. I'm sure it's just kind of like being in any other type of really strong group where you have similar goals and, and, uh, hopes and aspirations. So that's really cool. So you, you did Bucktown CrossFit. I mean, that's, that's kind of a big deal, really, quite honestly. Um, yeah. 2010 is not, not shabby at all. Uh, man, so let's, let's transition a little bit. I mean, I got all sorts of things I want to talk to you. That's okay. Let's do it, bro. I'm excited. <laughs> um, so you have a, you have a podcast and you actually have a tattoo. It's the spear and clover podcast. And so I know, I know there's a story behind that and, um, you know, you, you, you tell the story of renegade entrepreneurs, which is, I mean, obviously right up my alley. Yeah. Uh, when, how long have you been doing that and why did you start it? Yeah. So I'll take it back a little bit and start with just saying that at a certain point, I became a huge believer in core values for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something where either you get it or you don't. Uh, and if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this right now, uh, the a, question 1A is, do you know your core values? And then question 1B is, do you use them in conversation every day? And if you answered no to either of those questions, then 
then you're just not really using core values because in my opinion, core, uh, core values are sort of the, the embers that burn within you, whether you identify them or not. And really the only thing we know about them is that whatever words you put on paper, it's just some stand in for that thing that actually is driving you forward every day. Right. And so uh, I had a, a close mentor to me who owns a large business who really sold me and, and got me to understand the importance of not deciding what my core values were, but sort of taking the process of uncovering what those were. And two of those core values, just for the point of this story, two of those core values are military mindset, which I got primarily from discipline from the military, as well as some sports. And that's like disciplined, hardworking, focused on achieving my goals, et cetera. And the other one was always there. And I call that spirit of the puppy and that's playfulness. And I love meeting new oh, people and I'm high energy. When I get on a zoom call, I'm like, what's up motherfuckers. <laughs> and if you come in my gym, I'm yelling from the very back of the room and I want to come up and give you a big sweaty hug. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's this, this balance of sort of uh, the playful puppy as well as kind of the military mindset. Uh, and that's something that kind of has always been in me, especially since my service. Um, fast forward to, uh, one of the things that I do as an entrepreneur to sort of clear my head and, and get in some exercises, I hate running, but I'll ruck all day, yep. right? So, so I'll go on rucks and I have two Australian, Australian Shepherds dogs that I take with me. Uh, we live here in the Indiana Dunes, which is a national park and has tons of dunes right along Lake Michigan. It's very beautiful. Stop out sometime. We'd love to have you. Um, and one day I was out doing an 11 mile ruck. I had a 40 pound pack on my back. And I had a 40 pound log on my shoulder and I refused oh, to put, put the log down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I got the two Australian shepherd dogs. And so this is the spear and clover logo. If this is on video. And so I'm rucking as hard as I can with my goal in mind and I'm pushing, pushing, pushing that sort of represents the military mindset of it. And my dogs are running out into the woods and then they'll come back and check on me. They're rolling around in the mud and then they'll come back and check on me because they're good girls. Uh, and it just occurred to me in an instant that at my best, that's how I proceed through life the best. It's not when I'm 100% focused on, on executing at all costs and overcoming rivals or getting to the next level. It's not when I'm just fucking off and learning a new thing and, and ignoring my responsibilities. It's when I move forward with this balance of like, I almost like farm my own attention span. It's like I look for what's drawing me forward and then I try to incorporate that into the mission, right? And so so that you know that has been hobbies in the past that have become businesses. It's been relationships. You know, right now I show up at jujitsu because there's a 23-year-old monster who needs me to be there to be his training dummy. And so I farm that interest, I farm that uh, that that um that focus. Uh, and and I, I try to incorporate that in the, ac the accomplishment of the goal, if that makes sense. It does. And it's an amazing vi vision for me. Like you just literally opened my mind because of your, your story picture there of your dogs. Cause I, I do the same thing. I'll take my dog and yeah. I'm like, how many miles did he just cover? <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's got so much energy and he's playing, he's rolling every mud puddles, like dive yep. as fast as you can. And I'm like, Oh, my wife's going to be so pissed. But, yeah. Um, it's such a great thing because if you're not having fun, like, is it really worth it? Yeah. Those are my people. I just, you know, I, we haven't mentioned it yet, but I, 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 as a part of the gym, I became a member of a large coaching organization as a client first, very early on. Uh, actually, you know, Kale, uh, from gym launch. Absolutely. Um, so I was like their seventh or eighth client over there. Shout out to Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi kale as well those guys are great nothing but love for them um and at a certain point we went from you know 97 members to 
you know, 450 members in the, in the span of like 16 months. And it was a lot of the tactical stuff we learned from them, but it was also sort of leaning in on creating a real business, but also having fun while we're doing it and building the team. Um, well, eventually, you know, I'm nobody's employee. I just have kind of decided that that's not going to be the path that I go down. And so when the time came to decide whether to work for them or kind of start my own thing, uh, I joined up with a partner and, and we started a company called, uh, Fitbiz University, which, which helped gym owners to, to grow their businesses. Um, and just during that time, um, I just was, was just loving working with other entrepreneurs the entire time, both gym launch and with, with Fitbiz. Uh, and so I've probably worked with, you know, something like 500 different gym owners where we've, we've had some communication and, and worked together. Um, and I just know so many of them that hate their lives. Yeah. They started this thing because they're passionate about it. I think fitness is, as a business, as like a sector is very unique because you don't get into fitness unless you absolutely love it right? You want to change lives. You want to make people happy. And the thing you think you should be getting better at in order to succeed is a lot of times not really the thing that's going to get you where you want to go. Right. And you know that very well. Um, and so, and and so to me, I, I just, I just saw this opportunity to, to help those folks that, um, that maybe, maybe, Maybe they need help tactically to like make more money or get more clients or retain those clients. But really what I saw was they were really just burning both end of the ends of the candle because they weren't personally happy with the business that was supposed to be the job of their dreams. Does that make sense? Oh, I hear it every day. See it. Every yeah. Day. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that's a, it's a, it's a really, um, it's a really great thing to be involved in because I, you know, in my business, it serves to fill the gap in, in areas where they just are stuck in the weeds. We're, yeah. you know, like we're getting them out of the weeds. That's like, you need to focus on what you love, like get everything else nailed down and, and do the things that give you energy because you can't just be a coach and have this amazing business. And you can't just be a yeah. great business owner and have this main, amazing gym. Like you probably didn't start that to be a business owner and you probably, <laughs> you know, there's just all these little funny elements. So I absolutely love what you do. How long have you been doing that? Uh, so, well, uh, I've been coaching for probably the last three and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, spear and clover podcast and the spear and clover strategic coaching is the strategic coaching is, is just launching now. Uh, and we just started the podcast in February, but I think we've recorded, uh, right around 40 or 45 of those episodes. Significant. Uh, I'm coming out hot baby. Cause now I have not. So, so to, to kind of, there's, there's some holes in this story, but you know, uh, I, when we moved away from Chicago, you know, I didn't feel uh, good keeping as much ownership of the company as I did. So I sold a lot of that to my second in command and my brother, uh, Andrew Westcott, he's the, the, the owner of that company now, and he's doing an excellent job with it. Uh, and I recently sold to my partner Fitbiz university. So I'm on a mini retirement right now. All I do is roll jujitsu and podcast. Uh, and, and I sort of made a commitment to myself that, you know, I've talked the talk for so long about this lifestyle of being an entrepreneur who's untied, untethered, and, and is doing the things to impact the world that he wants. And so I, I'm giving myself this year to, you know, I have a newborn daughter. I'm spending almost every single day. Thank you, Lucy, in the other room. I'm spending a lot of time with her every single day. Uh, I'm, I'm going to jujitsu almost every single day. Uh, and I'm podcasting with great folks like you as much as I can um, because I have the opportunity to. And, and, and I don't believe this bullshit that we have to work harder in order to be successful in this business. Hey, dads, I am so grateful that you've made it this far. If you are ready to pull the trigger, book a call with this link right below. If you're still with me, I want to introduce you to Angelo Sisso, our fatherhood mastery coach. Angelo has 10 years of experience coaching men 
and we are really excited for him to bring the Fatherhood Mastery Program to the Brotherhood. He has developed a four-week intensive program that is going to teach you the foundational elements of mastering fatherhood. Angela is here to tell you a little bit more about the program. Thank you, Scott. So our four-week Fatherhood Mastery Program really begins with thinking about everything from the foundations, from the ground up. First, we're going to talk about physical mastery, then mental mastery, emotional mastery, and spiritual mastery. And we're going to focus on giving you guys the tools and practices to be your best self, best father, and best husband. Thanks, Angelo. Hey, guys, be the father that your family deserves. Click apply here below, and let's get this thing started. I love it. I, uh, wow. Like that's a, that's a massive passion for me is, is really lever. Like everybody has the same amount of time. I know this is just like the, the thing that's repeated over and over and over again, but if you're not living a life by design, if you're not living for now, then, then there's, there's something wrong. I mean, you're stuck in some sort of box that somebody painted for you and you think that's the answer. Uh, four years ago, I was at a conference and a lady got up front and she said, I want you to think about your dreams and um, I want you to think about how you've always framed those. And I'm like, it'll happen someday. She goes, and you, you just said it'll happen someday. And she's like, you've got it all wrong. It needs to be, you're, you need to be living your dreams today. And that like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, how do I live my dreams today? And it yeah. had nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with uh, my stature, my status. It had everything to do with how I was, how I was living at each and every day, I had to start asking myself questions. Would I be satisfied if I died tomorrow? Would I be satisfied if I died today? Would my wife be taken care of if I was if I died today? Would my kids have something to carry on as a legacy? Would they see this last experience with my dad as the one? I mean, every moment was intentional and I was there and that changed everything. Yeah. It changed everything. It was like, I've always like, I'm building this for 10 years from now when it, and it changed my mindset, it changed my, um, my money mindset. It changed. I mean, it, so I love that message because if you don't live your life by design and, and build it around your own dreams, your aspirations and start living them now, tomorrow never comes because next tomorrow is the tomorrow tomorrow's the next tomorrow, <laughs> you know? So I, yeah, it's, it's been a massive shift. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I have a similar experience. And the thing I would say that's even maybe more sinister is the fact that, you know, I think that somebody hearing what you just said might think the choice is between enjoying your life and accepting less or not enjoying your life and working harder and being textbook successful financially or whatever. And I think the truth is that's just not fucking true. It's just not true that if what you're doing now isn't working by doing it harder, you're somehow going to be successful. That's and that's what everybody tries. They're like, I roll the ball up the hill every single day. All I need to do is figure out how to roll it up higher with a heavier ball and I'll be set. <laughs> yeah. Shit, man. Well, you're going to hate your life forever because you're rolling a ball up a hill. Right. And so I think, I think the truth is, you know, I mentioned earlier, I got a black guy from this guy uh, that's a black belt. He doesn't He's not more strong than me. I give a hundred pounds on him and I am significantly stronger. Shout out to you, Jeff. I love you, man. Uh, but either way, um, it's not that. He has knowledge that I don't have. He has experience that I don't have. He has instincts that have been formed over time in the fucking crucible of fire, right? And so like you absolutely, I, I have non-negotiables on my schedule every single week 
There are family summits that are not movable. Uh, if people want to have me over during baby's bedtime, it's not happening. If you want to talk to me uh, on, a, on, a, on a podcast and it's time for jujitsu, we're going to find another time. And that hasn't hurt me. I think we have this insecurity that like our time isn't valuable enough and we need to, we need to like make it happen right now for this person. Think about the people you respect most in your life. How do they behave? Do they, are they constantly nervous and worse, rushing around trying to do as much as they possibly can? Maybe if you're friends with Elon Musk, right? But, but, I, but for most most different kind of crazy. Yeah. The people I respect most in my life are very successful, but they also are in love with their wives and their kids know them and they go and coach teams and they, yep. they roll jujitsu with them or they take them on camping trips. Like I have no interest in making a couple of extra zeros over the course of my life and having my family look back with regret. Well, and that's where the freedom comes, right? I mean, like for me, it was like, wow, I don't have to make X amount to be happy. That choice is on me. And that's yeah. when I started getting what I call my own personal operating system. I nice. that from uh, Tim Ferriss. Is the term Shout I out. Talk about. Yeah. The books. Yeah. Like, I love like, Tim. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I had, I actually had a mentor from the gym industry teach me this operating system, like, holy cow. And all it did was made me more productive. But then yeah. it, then once I got ridiculously productive and realized I was doing just ridiculous amounts of work, well, Hey, look, by the way, Scott, work will fill all time. So if you just build more time and you get more productive, you're going to be doing more work. Great. But no, it's not great. But then, then you come in and you build in systems for, this is when I'm with my family. Like mm -hmm. when I'm done, when I'm, when I walk out of this office every day, I literally say out loud, what can I do to best serve my family today? And boom, I go out. There's a, a mental transition that happens, right? And it, it, when it's time to go mountain biking, I'm going mountain biking. Nothing's going to stop me. When it's time to do X, Y, or Z, when my son gets home, I'll be on the phone with my business partner. Hey man. Corb just got home. See ya. Boom. Done. That's it. And, and that's freedom. And then of course, oh, wife, dude, if you're not freaking dating your wife, if you're not pursuing yeah. her like a horny teenager, you got a problem. Like, Agreed. like literally what think about how you acted when you were dating your wife. I mean, I dated mine was a high school. So like you just, like do anything and you'd have conversations about crazy things and you would be 100% dialed in. It's like, what happened to us that we stopped doing that? And man, when you get that dialed in and then you know how to pay attention to your kids and enjoy that process, life changes. It changes. And it, it, I, can, I can feel that we our, our baby is just about 10 months old. This is new for us. Mm -hmm. And we uprooted from a major city where we had tons of friends and a big tribe that we were the charismatic central figures of. And now we live in a borderline rural beach town in, in Northwest Indiana. And, and, and it's been, it's been a, a challenge, I will admit. And, and I look at it like, well, the alternative is like all these nasty things like divorce or not being happy or, you know, being at odds with one another. And so to me, I don't, I don't exactly know what the hill is like yet. I haven't seen the other side of it, but I know that I'd rather pursue the dating my wife and, and tugging at each other's pants while we're walking up the stairs than you know, sequestering ourselves emotionally for the sake of, you know, this dysfunctional family. So, uh, you know, I, as much as I would love to, you know, drop wisdom or something like that, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I mostly am just coming at it with like a perspective of like, I'll do anything that I can to pass on those things that I've learned to my children. Um, and, and most of those things are more like, 
uh, the idea of loving learning, not so much that she has to like the things that I like. Um, and the idea that you can make the world in the vision that you see, right? That's the entrepreneurial mindset. So whether you're an owner of a business or whether you're just, you know, a, a musician or working for a company, the idea that you can sort of manipulate the world around you to be, you know, good for you now uh, is, is something that I have lived by for sure. And it's served me well. So I hope to pass that on. Yeah, yeah. I love that you're, you're passing that on because it's just, it yeah. is. And how do you do it? You live it because other yeah. people will follow. So yeah, this year off this transition, I've done this by the way. Yeah. And so oh, great. I moved my family, family from Oregon to, to Texas and it, it, it is brutal. I mean, it's beautiful. It's amazing. You, you have, a, I mean, I, I was like, people are like, what are you doing? Well, I work out like three times a day. <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, I don't have all the same friend circle. I don't have the family around. I'm trying to develop new patterns and habits and I'm not working. So how are you transitioning through that? Because it was tough for me. It was tough for my wife. You know, I'm not sure. I still struggle with it a little bit. You walk this razor's edge. I mean, you have to be able to separate the poison from the medicine because they're both in there. And so one of them is like, my biggest regret is that I will leave something on the table that I was capable of and did not do. But time and experience has taught me that giving myself space to be the best version of me I can be has resulted in a bigger impact. So I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was coaching CrossFit every single day uh, at, you know, in my 20s and early 30s, if you asked me then what my mission would be, it would be to impact as many athletes in my gym as possible by coaching as many classes as possible. And I can see by your face, you know where I'm going with this. And, and Doug Larson, uh, one of the hosts of, of Barbell Shrugged, uh, once told me, he's like, look, there's this, there's this life cycle of impact, right? It's, it's this natural life cycle where you become a, you, you walk into a thing, whether it's jujitsu or yoga or CrossFit or whatever, or shooting, whatever, and, and you fall in love with it. You learn about it. You become this virtual ex or virtuous example of that discipline. Uh, and then, so you ascend, you're like, you know what? I think I'll start to do some coaching, right? And that kind of runs its course. And I can tell by your face that you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and I think for some folks, it stops there, or maybe it stops at the point where you become the owner of a facility, right? And then, so now you go from impacting your own life and those people that you talk to at dinner parties uh, to, to impacting dozens of people's lives on a three day a week schedule of being a coach. And then maybe you're impacting 100 to 300 people's lives by the the owner of a gym or a yoga studio or whatever the the discipline is and then i by just really understanding that though i stopped trying to coach more classes and i started to focus more on mentorship teaching those people below me hey you're the fuel for my rocket ship but motherfucker i'm the fuel for yours i want to see your rocket ship go up so we actually uh in our, our best year uh was 2018 we actually had a goal of of you know, hitting X dollars in revenue and bringing on X number of people, we ended up blowing it out of the water by like 175,000 on top line. And we took our whole team to, to Hawaii for the, for a whole week. Oh, awesome. uh, and, and, and I'm not aware of many other CrossFit gyms that do that. And it was, and it was easy. I'm telling you, man, if I had tried to do any of that by myself, I never would have done it. I was taking all my meetings on ruck marches that year. We were having, there was, there was a signed reading for, for the full-time staff. Uh, and we were, we were hitting benchmarks consistently. And if we weren't, we knew why, because we were tracking those numbers. And if we were, we knew why, because we were tracking those numbers and we were recording sales calls and we were constantly looking for ways to improve because we were all in the boat and we were swimming together. And, and to me that, that really just, man, at its best, it was not just better and more effective, but it was fucking easy, bro. 
Like it was easier to do that than it was to chase my own tail for the previous seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that, I mean, you were fueling other people. You were giving them the fuel to rise up. And, and this is just such a recurring theme as I interview yeah. um, business owners and entrepreneurs and people who've risen up there. All of them say the same thing in different, in a different wrapping, but it's the same thing is train the other people to, to, to rise above you and, yeah. and, and give them the vision and have that. And you talked about it earlier, the core, core values and, yeah. and vision, like don't just have those posted on the wall. Every meeting you should be talking. If there's a decision to make, how does that match our core values? If it doesn't match our core values, we're out. I mean, I have them posted right here. Anytime yeah. I'm talking to one of my people, I'm like, well, how does this fit? It has to be like ingrained in everything that you do. And then people will rise and they'll rise with you and then they'll rise above you. And that's yeah. not a threat. That's freedom. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up again. Uh, one of the things I'll say is uh, one of another one of my mentors, Alex Charfin, uh, shout out to Alex. He's a great uh, coach and has awesome systems for scaling businesses, but he has this billionaire code. I, I think it's called the billionaire code. And, and it shows sort of the levels, kind of like we just talked about the levels where you're, you know, you're training out of your garage. It's not just for fitness, but you're training out of your garage. You have a gym, you get to this point, you get to that point. The things that you need to do at each level are totally different. And if you try to do the thing that got you to that level, it'll shred you in half. In other words, there's a point at which you need to be working as hard as you can to get yourself off the ground. And then the question becomes, how can my team help me to free up my time? And then when you ascend further, now it's, well, how can I help my team? Yeah. There was a point where I was just trying to help my team, just empower my team to have more and more free time, things like VAs. I know something you're intimately aware of. Um, and you talk about core values. Um, one of the things I liked about when we did our core values, we created spirit of the puppy. That's not like in a book somewhere. That's something that we created. And because of that, we got to define that phrase and there would be, especially in interviewing, you know, my GM would come to me, JT, and she'd be like, Hey, she's great. She's got all the experience we need, but she just, she's not spirit of the puppy. And if you want to work in my gym, I need spirit of the puppy. I need you to be wagging your tail every time that door opens. And I need you to be running up to the front to welcome that new person in and, and make them feel like, like no matter what their level of fitness or experience or whatever, they're invited to the barbecue on Friday, you know, whatever that is. Um, and so uh, for us, that was a part of every conversation. We were always talking about, you know, this person is that, but are they not that? I mean, when we figured them out, when we really figured out our core values, now I had this puzzle piece that I could sort of hold up, not just to the, to the people that are coming in, but like, huh, I wonder why those two coaches never worked out. They seemed great. Oh, they were super military mindset, but were not spirit of the puppy. Oh, I get it. I wonder why that client and I just never quite were together on this. Oh, it's because they were spirit of the puppy. They wouldn't shut up though, and they weren't military mindset or whatever. And we and so there, there's a few other core values in there that we use, but I won't go into them. But there was this beautiful puzzle piece that I could hold up, and I passed that on to my team. And we genuinely, in those team meetings, were talking about that. It came up every single day, and yeah, it was just super helpful. I mean, it sounds like you made it really playful as well. You lived it, you made it playful, which I think is a really cool thing. When I talked to somebody, I interviewed someone yesterday and her title for her own business was something crazy and really cool. Yeah. And she just lived yeah. it. She's like, that's just, that's just who I am. And I was, I was, I'm really impressed when people really kind of embrace that, that piece of who they are now. I mean, there's, we could have a whole talk about identity because your identity should not be as a business owner, entrepreneur, it's much deeper than that, but sure. Um, yeah. So spirit of the puppies, I mean, 
it's such a, and I don't want to focus in on that because there's so much bigger picture here, but it's such no, a beautiful good. analogy. I've talked to my wife once. Um, I was feeling like, <laughs> I was feeling like I wasn't being paid attention to. And this, this is a good lesson because you really should have conversations with your spouse about how you're feeling, even if it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. And um, I'm like, you know, when you come home and you always comment about how Ty, Tyoga, our dog, will run up and wet and he, you know, the whole body's going and you have your little um, signs around the house about the, the, the whole body wiggles. I said, yeah, it would be really cool if like when I came home from a trip, that's what yeah. you were like. And I'm like, I yeah. know. And she just, you know, she's just going about her thing. She's just so logical and, and has yeah. a checklist. And um, I think it's so important to communicate the things that are of value to us. And by putting those, and it's the same with the business. This is really important to me. Having fun and, and treating every person like they're the best thing that ever happened in your life this very minute is a value of mine and it yeah. won't work if you're you're not that person and yeah uh so do you teach have you taught that to business owners and and how has that been received well for starters if there is a specialty that i have with business owners i love husband and wife teams because husband and wife team that's my wife and i have been a husband and wife team not a co-owners she, but she's worked in all the businesses but um it's funny you mentioned that because literally I want to make sure I'm being honest. It's either yesterday or the day before she comes in and I have two Australian shepherds that have no tails, right? And they call them wiggle butts because instead of shaking their tail, they basically wiggle like little hamsters. And I was like wiggling sideways when she came in. Um, but the reason I think it's, it's so funny because I'm spirit of the puppy. She's not necessarily spirit of the puppy. And so that I know you're familiar with love languages oh, yeah. and I just call it out now. So we've, we've sort of, I, I definitely uh, occupy the more like probing of the two of us into our relationship between the two of us, but either way. Um, yeah. Right. And, and, um, and so I'll catch myself like I'm a physical love language. I'm a words of affirmation love language. So I'm constantly touching her. I'm constantly telling her she looks great and she's said something really funny or whatever it is. And those things just bounce off of her like waves on a granite shore, dude. Because the things she likes are acts of service and and doing things out of nowhere. And so sometimes I'll, we're getting to the point, and we're, again, guys, I'm not we got a 10 month old man. We're not, we're not 20 years in. I, I'm not claiming to have all the answers. I hate when people do that. Um, but I'll get to the point where I'll grab her butt or I'll say something nice and I go, ah, I should have done the dishes. Cause that's the thing that's actually going to make her feel better. And, and, and I think that when, when you kind of identify that, um, I mean, my hat, it says, chase your fears, work your weaknesses. You know, if I'm really great at top game, I better be working guard. You know what I mean? So like, it's easy for me to use my love language on her. What's more difficult for me is to care enough about her to use her love language proactively and, and try to make her feel better. It's so crazy you brought that up. So our wives are, I, I mean, we are, us are <laughs> identical. I mean, yeah. absolutely identical. And my yeah. wife is just like, um, acts of service. <laughs> yeah. So, so I will and I, I think this is great advice doing what you do and, and what I do is I will talk to her. I'll have this conversation. I keep it in my, my personal system. I know what her love languages are and I'll say, Hey, remember I, I realize like I'm grabbing ass all the time. I'm doing this. And that's how <laughs> I relate. Yep. And, um, and then remember that that those are the pieces that actually give me fuel. So we actually talk about them. Like mm. I'm, Hey, I feel I'm falling short here. And I, I, 
if you ever notice I'm doing it a lot, it might be because that's what I'm wanting. And, and just those open dialogues of, hey, like this is where I, I'm coming from. And that was the, the, you know, the wag your tail thing. Like yeah. for me, if you were to show me, come in and hug me and give me, give me the love and touch me. And that would be like the top of my, you know, my month. And so yeah. we have to communicate those things. I was talking to Kale uh, and he was like, uh, well, we have like, like these unnegotiable, these non-negotiables, like we have three items that are non-negotiables. And I loved this. He's like, I think I've heard him say that. Yeah, yeah, we sat down, we had this conversation. And for him, uh, the one that obviously sticks with me is I don't want to go without sex for 72 hours. And that's a non-negotiable. And they wow. literally laid and she laid out some things to him. She's like, well, I, and so they do those things out of an act of service, knowing that that is serving their partner. Yeah, man, how awesome is that? I told my wife about that, of course. I said, but I'm yeah. going to change it to like 36 hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's funny because it, it feels like as a loving so I guess we're in this new generation, right? Like the previous generation of men had all these differences from us. Let's just say to, to kind of not open the box. And, and, and there's a generation of folks now. I mean, I've run into people like me, like me and you, like it's not unusual for me to get on a Zoom call with somebody and go, oh, that's what I'd probably be like if I grew up in Oregon. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's so great. And, and the nice thing about that is, is there's this, you know, uh, Angela Cisco calls them alpha hippies. You know, I've heard it referred to as like warrior poets. It's these folks that are out there like living this physical culture, but also like very tapped into their emotional state, uh, which I love that. But I think some of the things is like, we think, we think the giving thing would be to just conform to whatever it is that they want. But I think the truth is the giving and loving thing is to just be honest about what it is that we, what we need and, and them to be honest about what it is that they need, because that's how you really get further. If we're no longer going with sort of like borderline slavery with our spouse, right. like if we're no longer going to enforce this tyrannical relationship upon a spouse, if we're actually going to walk hand in hand together as equals, then I think the really genuine good thing to do is just to be honest about what it is that we need. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean soft. I mean, in the last week, my wife, was right. Like, I, I was at the post office. She goes, the men there are soft, flabby. I, I would not, she goes, thank you for being a man. And like muscles <laughs> and you know facial hair and um <laughs> it was it was awesome but the, it's the communication and then something yeah. that josh and i have really hung on to is the 100 percent principles what we called it it's it's nothing new we didn't know but other people were teaching this but it's they always said marriage is 50 50. no no absolutely as a man the marriage is 100 on you and that's all you care about but for me, I'm going to serve my wife at 100% all the time because how I do anything is how I do everything. Or I don't know which way that goes. In mind, mm -hmm. That's how I operate. But she can't know how to serve me unless I tell her and vice versa. So we have to have that open communication. And, um, and it's been a game changer, man. And sometimes, like, I don't feel like this, but some guys will come to me like, I'm 100, I'm 99%, 100%. And I've been a hundred percent for two years and my wife is probably about 2%. I'm like, stop counting because it's all going to come around and maybe you're not the hundred percent in the right place. So there's so much to this, this service, uh, it, it's not being weak. It's being strong because I mean, even in the military, you know, your servant leadership is, is really where you want to focus in on. You want to serve, you want to be 
out there leading by serving. And I think you need to take that into your marriage. And then when kids come along, guess what? It's the same. You still do it. <laughs> so Yeah. And I, I think too, and I'm sure that 10 years from now, I'll laugh at this version of me, but I think there are these sort of like, I think the words platitudes or maxims that people say, and they think they believe, but they don't. And I, I think some of those things are like extreme ownership. I have ownership of everything. And then they get mad at their employee who fucks up the SOPs or like, I'm going to go, you know, Gary V talks about a similar thing where it's like, I want to provide at least 80% of the value of 51 or more percent of the value to every relationship I'm in selflessly. And then people will do that. And then like three weeks later, be like, okay, I'm sick of waiting. Where is my 51%? And I think the reality is that the further I've gotten, the more I genuinely just want to, I, I love it so much to be, if it means I'm even impactful on somebody's life, like that's gotta be enough. Yeah. Right. And I think that comes from a place of strength. Like I have to be confident in my own self to be like, well, I'm good. And so from that position, not of need, but of want, I want to shine on you something that's positive and, and empowering and like can help you. Does that make sense? It's, it's whether awesome. that's, it's yeah, whether that's, yeah, but, but it's hard. Yeah. And like, look, you're going to, as, as a new dad, you're going to be going through <laughs> some new stuff yeah. and, um, and, and that's really hard. And, and I think what a lot of men will do is they'll, that, that creates an, uh, an excuse. Well, we're really tired. We're really busy. My business partner has been like, all it's doing, and we talk very intimately and deep about a thing is, is like, I'm having to step up my servanthood and I have to be uh, happy and cheerful and giving with it. And, and I'm expecting even less because for, for a season, there's going to be even less because yeah. the mom's really tired and she's doing all this and she's doing that. And so it's just such a good thing to grasp a hold of as soon as you can. Um, because now, now there's two humans where you're, you're the everything, right? Uh, yeah. and then of course I'm always going to say is my teaching moment, serve your wife and your kids will, you know, serve theirs and they will be served the way that you want them to. So it's, 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 it's the, the ongoing thing. Um, yeah. so what's the date when you start kind of diving back in again? I don't know, man. Uh, good for you. Listen, I, I, if you talk to any of my friends, they'll be like, he's full of shit. Cause I will reach out. Like I have moments of weakness all the time where I'm like, I'm, I'm going crazy. I need to do something. Let's build a thing. Let's do a thing. I mean, I am launching a program right now uh, that I have not yet. I'm writing it's uh, and it's going to be centered around this idea of, um, you know, I have this vision of like a three chambered heart, right? You have, it's for entrepreneurs. So it's like a, your, your business, your social and family life, and then yourself. And I just don't, I think if you rob any blood from any of those chambers, to, to fill one, you lose from the other. And so the idea is going to be kind of combining, um, you know, things for ourselves, things for our social life and family life, as well as things for our business. And uh, that might take me uh, three months. It might take me a year. I don't, I don't really care, man. I think winning for me right now is meeting people like you uh, and, and getting the messages out uh, from my experience in, in formats like this and, and on my show, Spear and Clover podcast. Um, but uh, financially, whatever, man. Uh, you know, I, we're, yeah, I, I recently had an epiphany that's just solidified that I can't do anything that I'm not passionate about. Mm -hmm. You know, we're trying to invest in some marijuana distributors right now. We're trying to invest in, 
uh, jujitsu. We're trying to invent, we, we continue to own a, a CrossFit gym. You know, I, uh, you know, I'd love to own a place that redoes, bron- redoes Broncos at some point. Like, you know, I, I want to just, I want to live that lifestyle before the pandemic. We were going to buy a ranch based on, you know, what I'm talking about now kind of mixed with the spear and clover thing and, and the need we were going to build a, a ranch in Illinois where people could roll jujitsu and do CrossFit and fight and all that other stuff and learn how to eat healthy foods. And, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think my message is unique, but I love talking to other people that, that agree with it, you know? And, oh, I, I and, love the three, three chamber heart. I, yeah. Really, you're good at, you're good at telling picture stories. Like the, like the oh, thanks, analogies man. are really cool. A spear and clover is going to stick with me forever now. Right. And I'll send you a hat when I get them made. That, that's going to be epic. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, but the, the three chambered heart makes so much sense because they all don't, they don't work exactly the same but they work in conjunction. I think that's a big thing is people like, well, I want balance in my life. I'm like, well, screw that. That's not going to yeah. happen. You need to have harmony. It needs to work together. Agreed. And so um, it's, it, that's a really good analogy because there's just, if you're trying to reach balance, like, mm, I don't know. Well, and like, and the other thing is like, you know, you started this business and again, I, I don't, think that my message is only for fitness folks, but it works for these sort of like charismatic central figures of tribal businesses. So that could be Kairos, that could be real estate agents, it could be whatever it wants, you know, but my people tend to be fitness minded at least. Uh, and, uh, you know, you started this business to be an evangelist for the things that you loved and somewhere along the way you became, you know, uh, the guy that pulls the lever, you know, and, and that doesn't, that's not exciting. And so like the first thing that I'll tell somebody that's struggling in their business is like, when's the last time you went on a date with your wife? When's the last time you went on a, a walk or, you know, I, I'm an avid floater. I, I float, uh, in, in, uh, de- sensory deprivation chambers at least right. monthly. Uh, and, and those are, those are sacred times, man. And, and not even seriously sacred. Sometimes I'm like a baby otter in there just bouncing around, but it's <laughs> sacred that I take time away from what it is that we're doing. And I encourage my wife to do the same. I know I got a newborn at home um, to just try and like figure my own shit out. You know, I know you have a podcast called, called uh, the stories that sell, right? Yep. Um, well, like, how am I supposed to tell my story? Well, to impact the world, if I don't even understand myself. And so like, like there's these little things that have happened in the last few years. Like uh, one of them is like, and fortunately it hasn't happened today. I did my breathing beforehand, but uh, when I, I've noticed that when I, when I'm uncertain about something, whether it's a joke at a party or like a comment or, or something that I'm not sure about that I say, my toes curl. Well, how come it took me 37 years to figure that out? Like now I know that when my toes curl, I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is the fucking danger zone. We're out on a cliff right now. And they, they just did it as I shared that even like I can feel, the blood rushing in my face. You don't get to do that if you're coaching CrossFit classes 40 hours a week. Right. Like you don't get to so feel true. that. Yeah. 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 You know? And a lot of guys will talk about breathing. Uh, but even like today, I'm I'm trying, I gotta, I'm trying to make my technology work. Be- I have yeah. a podcast with another guy in the fitness industry cool. who owns Coaching Catalyst and um, Coach Catalyst. Oh, cool. The, the app. Yeah. And my technology is going crazy. Like my sound's <laughs> not working. My headphones aren't connecting. I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, dude, like, give me a minute. I go mm-hmm. into the room and I don't even think about it anymore, but I know now to, I got to create a gap or it's going to spin. Right. So I stepped away, created a gap, did breathing. Didn't even have to think about it. It's like, okay, I'm going to do some breathing exercise, come back. And I'm like a new man, problem solved. Boom. And I'm 48 years old and it took me till about 47 to figure that one out, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's so incredibly important to stop enough to do that introspective work. It's not woo-woo. 
It's just freaking figuring yourself out, figuring out that your, your toes curl when things are starting to go in the wrong direction and starting to understand your physio physiology, your psychology, your behavior, your behavior response to things. And, um, Get damn control of yourself because it, it makes uh, yeah. a massive difference. Massive I agree. Difference. Yeah, I agree. You got to look in the mirror. Yep. So, man, it's been a blast talking to you. Uh, Thanks, man. Spear and Clover podcast, which, you know, you're just crushing it now. You're doing all sorts of episodes. Um, it, and we'll have all the links in the podcast notes. Where can guys find you, follow you? Yeah, so I'm I'm at at Spear and Clover uh, across platforms. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, Jason Skisick uh, at Jason Skisick on Instagram. Um, you know we're uh, we're posting all the time. We do a weekly podcast. I'd like to increase that, um, but I just I'm I'm trying to get them banked and stuff. I didn't want to tell you till the very end, but this was my very first podcast that I've ever been on. So thank no you so way. much for for oh, being my first. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, oh wow. It's my favorite yeah. thing to be on other people's podcasts. Oh, you gotta have never done yours. it. I'm going to put you on the spot. You got to have me on yours sometime. Oh um, yeah. Because it's my favorite thing. Of course. But you did, you, it was entertaining. It was fun. And that's what matters. Awesome. And we talked about relevant things and had a great conversation. So I really appreciate it because the energy and the passion and the direction and the, the wisdom, that's what matters. That's what matters. Well, I love what you're doing, man. Keep keep doing it. All the stuff that you're doing is great. I'm sure if uh, if we stay in touch, I'm sure we'll be good friends for many years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, guys, check out Jason. Follow him. Go do what you need to do. And keep an eye on his stuff coming up because it sounds freaking epic. Um, you want to take, take care of yourself, take care of your business. This is my commercial for him. Check him out because the proof's in the pudding. And we heard it all. And so even if you are a self-proclaimed um, you know, you've done everything to yourself. You do hard things every day and you go to masterminds and everything. There's always a way to sharpen your sword. Always. There's someone else out there. It's going to have a, just a little bit different technique and something that's going to get you in the right direction. So I'm pumped to watch your stuff. I'm really excited to follow. Uh, and, uh, thanks a lot, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Uh, just go to brotherhoodfatherhood.com slash events, sign up for that thing. We only have 40 spots. And so I haven't even advertised it. The only place I'm talking about on this podcast. So if you're hearing this, like, just go do it. We even have a six month, no interest payment option. And uh, you need to get your ass up there. You're going to go home with now, Let me just put this out there. You're going to, you're going to need pack light because you're going to go home with double what you started with. So just remember that it's, it's going to be one of those events where you're, you're getting more than you're, you're putting out. So hope to see you there. Have a great day. We'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.